Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from thenextreel.com. And I'm Pete Wright, also from The Next Reel. We are looking at Jon Favreau's 2008 film Iron Man. And joining us for the last time closing out the week, we have Jonathan and Tabitha Carlisle from UHF 62nd and the Princess Bride Minute. Welcome back. Cool guys, don't look at explosions. <laughs> this is the first podcast I've ever sang on, so... <laughs> I, I love Why that. did it take us five days to get to the singing Carlisle? <laughs> because you guys? because we were waiting for musical Gomira, Pete. We had to That's get right. to the, oh, the musical town the of Gomira. They are them. musical people. Oh. <laughs> I've been waiting. And, that was good. I'm waiting because this first shot. Have you guys ever seen the cool guys don't look at explosions? Um, I have no idea what uh, you're referencing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. I'm oh. going to sh- Is this an okay time to share about it? Yeah. Because it's awesome. Okay. So it's an SNL, um, like one of their specials. And it... Yeah, it was like J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. It was amazing. Andy Sandberg and uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is dressed as... He's being Neil Diamond. And um, San- uh, Andy Sandberg is like a... The boss basically. Uh, yeah, like Bruce Springsteen yeah. type. And so they're yeah. singing all about cool guys don't look at explosions and this is one of the clips in the video. So every time I see it, I just think of that. But they, it's constantly <laughs> clips of people blowing things up and they, you know, they're the cool guy. They walk away. They don't uh, look at it. Yeah, they're like, cool guys don't uh, look at explosions. <laughs> they blow things up and they walk away. Um, who's got time to look at explosions and think about the people you killed or something like that is the lines. But uh, it's awesome. Yeah, J.J. Abrams plays the keyboard um, in it. <laughs> look it up. It's, it's awesome. It's originally originally from the... <laughs> totally worth it. It's from the 2009 MTV Movie Awards. So it's one of those yeah. fun little clips. Oh, used to do. We have to have that in the show notes. That's brilliant. Absolutely. Totally worth it. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't seen that, Andy. It was like everywhere. I, I'm going to have to now just so I know what yeah. uh, the reference is. But uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so Here good. we are, Iron Man Minute 80. It starts with a cool guy not looking at an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> and then it ends with Major Allen, uh, Major Allen telling Colonel Rhodes that they ran an ID check on their bogey. But yes, it is the cool guy not looking at the explosion moment. Kicking us off. It's good. The, the, okay. Yeah. Right, have we begun the uh, nitpicking yet? <laughs> nitpick away. <laughs> nitpick away. Okay. You know, I love this moment of this movie. It's like my favorite hero moment of this movie. And I, the, I do wish that he had, that Favreau had thought more conscientiously uh, ahead for us and that the minute break was a little bit later of minute 79 because I need him to lift off. But the problem I have is the music cue. We get the da 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 da. It comes back, but it comes back like at the wrong beat. Like the the explosion hits, and I need another beat for the explosion to be part of the musical cue, and it screws that up for me every single time. Huh? That bugs you, huh? I'm overthinking. Am I overthinking? What I hear you say is you're overthinking. I think you're overthinking. I think All it works, right. but but you know, I. I appreciate your point of view. Why do we show up for this show if it is not to pick at this level of detail? (laughs) See, I was more just thinking about him blowing up Jericho missiles and all of the little shrapnel things aren't sticking in his suit or something because Uh, yes, that's a good point. Well, nothing seems to be sticking to his suit. That's true. Apparently, he, I don't know. 
I guess he seemed pretty confident well, that he stick. wasn't bullet or that he was bulletproof when he came in. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, he very much so. I mean, he's getting he's getting dings in his paint job, certainly. And I mean some scratches and some burn marks and stuff, but uh but for the most part, he's really holding up quite well. Because I mean, he he blows up this tank. He walks right up to the the rest of the uh, the insurgents who are behind him. He kind of and they're the ones who are surrounding the uh, the Jericho missile. And uh, he he rises into the sky, blows up the missiles, blows everything up. But yeah, he's he's uh, pretty unscathed. Mm-hmm. He he scoots out of there with not too many other uh, marks on him. He kind of lifts off when he lifts off right about second eight. It cuts to him from that down angle. He looks a little like Mary Poppins. <laughs> Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now I love uh, connecting this to Guardians too, with the uh, even more. The, yeah, yeah, that's great. Who knew they planted that seed here? <laughs> right? Wow, they really knew what they were doing in that first movie. <laughs> they sure were <laughs> they organized. And he's just kind of in like idling speed. Uh, you know, as you can see in the HUD, he's not going too fast. The point zero one Mach. About yeah, seven very seven miles here. an hour. Yeah, he's just just kind of idling up there. <laughs> you know, uh, so when it comes to his, uh, you know, he's got these RT devices in his feet and in his hands. Is he? Is there an internal switch from from flight mode, which propels him in a direction, versus blow something up mode? Because <laughs> he blasts these yeah. missiles, and it's it's like this giant laser fire shooting out of his hands. But it's not blasting him backward. Like, if anything, he's holding himself in position really nicely. And I don't, it's not like his feet are kicked behind him to to counterbalance himself or anything. Like, how does that work? It, it, it makes no sense to me. He should be flipping off head over feet. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah totally. That's right. That's true. I want to see that. That just sounds really nitpicky. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> No, who would come up with some nonsense like that? (laughs) No, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. (laughs) When he shoots us out, that it should be pushing his body. He should be flying across the sky. It is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Like when he was blasting the guys in yesterday's minute. Like every time he shot out of his hands, he should have been like throwing himself backward against a wall. Then we could say he was kind of rooted into the ground. You know, he has the heaviness of the body of the suit. Now he's just. You know, mm-hmm. hanging Mary Poppins style in the sky while he's <laughs> shooting stuff and he's still just hanging. Hanging Mary Poppins. Style. Hanging Mary. I'm looking at the HUD because I really, I really want there to be like a Mary Poppins mode, <laughs> like somewhere written in the text. Engaging Mary Poppins mode. Engaging Mary Poppins. Maybe that'll mode. show up in uh, the Spider Man movies or something. Like, instead of the instead of the training wheels product, product That's right. role, it'll be Mary Poppins mode. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a, it really is uh is i hate to say it but it's it's fun to kind of be in the moment with him and see him just kind of blowing everything up it i mean you know what's happening you know that he's killing all these people all these terrorists but there's something gratifying still about it just the fact that you know you're in the mode with him that he was just blasted out of the sky and here he is blowing up a tank looking cool and then he blows up these missiles and and creates this giant fireball it's it's it is exciting to watch it's exhilarating even though you know it's leading to you know many deaths it makes for a fun video game that's right that's yes. that's what it's putting us into that mode right yeah one thing I don't like, these guys with the, the machine guns, 
they always get me. I understand that they're probably loyal and, you know, they're probably trying to get the job done, trying to protect everything. But at the same time, they saw him get shot out of the sky and he just got up and then he fought with a tank and the tank blew up. And now he's walking towards them and they're like, well, I'm going to shoot at him, right? Mm-hmm. Like they don't run away. They don't. Uh, yeah, they take a knee, right? They assume fighting position. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it either. Uh, if I just saw a metal man fly down from the sky and blow a tank up with a tiny missile, <laughs> I would be I would have gone away. I would not be anywhere. <laughs> at, at a minimum, I would have like jumped behind a sandbag. <laughs> there are way too many guys who are just in the middle of the square. Yeah, maybe the sandbag. <laughs> Again, especially if these guys were around at the time that he escaped the cave and you saw the the number of people he destroyed when he did that. It's like, uh, I'm not going to stick around. I saw what happened last time. And there there may be a loyalty thing there where if you survive this because you ran and then Raza, uh, you know, sees you, sees that you hid. I mean, he could shoot you and you could end up dying then. So maybe you can do something, some damage against this Iron Man and move up in the ranks, right. you know, instead of dying. It's probably a lot of all about surviving by standing in the middle of the square next to a weapon. I don't know. <laughs> I'm spitballing here. We know Raza certainly has a thing for Iron Man because uh, we saw him finding the parts for the Mark I suit out in the desert and kind of having that that long staring contest with the mask <laughs> as he was kind of looking into his eyes. And even here, we see him pulling up in his truck as he as he's seeing the giant fireball. So we know that there is this thing with with him and this this uh, Iron Man suit. And at this point. I mean, we, we're getting a, a sense that there's a darker side to Obadiah, but we don't know that he's necessarily tied to these guys directly yet. Like, um, I mean, we know that obviously he's selling stuff to them, but that's it. Raza still seems like the big bad guy, possibly the Mandarin. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so if you're working for the guy who has survived an Iron Man attack and half of his face has been burned off, sure, you might be more inclined to take a knee and, and fight. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully there's no civilians down there. I don't the... want to think about that. Well, they were recruiting. That's a good point. Like, are some of these people, like, recruits? Yeah. They're all in the trucks, right? Oh, the, like, well, yeah, the the men. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess the men were. But, I mean, they had theoretically been recruiting for days. So some of these people who are shooting at him could have been recruited from other villages. Right. I don't see their loyalty as being the kind of loyalty that puts them day two after recruitment uh, to stand in the middle of the square and fire back at the metal man in the sky. And who knows what captives they might have in some of those buildings. Right. That were just exploded. Well, I assume because of what we saw last minute when he looked through the wall, apparently, and saw that there was somebody back there with a cell phone and then pulled him through. I assume he used the same technology yeah. to make sure that all these buildings were clear. Hmm. And that he blinked right for all bad guys, and he was good. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, if we can assume all, all of that, All he really has in there good. is the duck hunter interface. Right? <laughs> well, I'm glad that that's cleared up then. No civilians. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no civilians, civilians. Naturally. Right. But no, this is, we, we do get to see him flying away out of the fireball, and uh, we, he does this great, I don't know. It's I, sometimes I imagine speaking of how hard it is to kind of be the man inside the suit and bang it around and stuff. When he takes off, he's like spinning around like it's not even like yeah. a straight takeoff. It's like I'm going to I'm just going to flip all over the place to get myself lined up. I don't know what he's I, doing there. I like that. You got to have a little flourish. Yeah. 
right? <laughs> you know, I mean, he's got to showboat a little bit. He certainly does have that. Even in the middle of a battle. He does have that, indeed. Uh, but th- then this is where we cut to we're back at Edwards Air Force Base. And now it's actually labeled Edwards Air Force Base, which is interesting because Edwards Air Force Base is not a base that actually does this sort of work. Edwards Air Force Base is primarily a base that they do testing on. It's a testing facility. On the back wall behind these guys, they do have a sign back there that does say the ninth. Air Force. The the Ninth Air Force actually does operate in this part of the world, um, although they are stationed at the Shaw Air Force Base in South Carolina, not in California. And so I I I don't know how it works. Like I don't know if they just have things, you know, military types of signs painted in in different places around the around the world, depending on where they're operating. But to me, it feels like they were just trying to incorporate the Ninth Air Force Base into this particular place and just still label it Edwards Air Force Base because they're being so accommodating by letting them film here. I always wonder about that, though. When when there is an alternative that is more accurate, why do they go with the least accurate or the less accurate depiction? Like, it would have been so easy to just change the sign to something that's that actually to the group that actually does this kind of work in this location. Maybe they don't want us to know that. Well, I think a lot of it is because Rhodey is here. And if we've seen Rhodey hanging out in California and we know that the Tony is popping over to chat with him at the base and all that sort of stuff, it mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to all of a sudden have Rhodey now out in South Carolina. Fair. I don't know, though. Maybe Rhodey's plane is really fast, too. <laughs> <laughs> so we have here at Edwards Air Force Base, we have Tim Guinea as Major Allen. He's the third person we'll see talk. We've got the first two guys kind of chatting about it. Uh, Tim Guinea is the one who's kind of behind them. He's, uh, I guess you would say, the primary player here, the one who's who's given the name as Major Allen. You have Tim Griffin and James Bethia and Micah Hauptman and Joshua Hardo, all playing CAOC analysts. And those are just kind of the other guys who are just chatting through this scene here. CAOC. Uh, I gosh, it was in the script. What did it stand for? I have to look it up again here. Central Air Ops Center. So that's this room that they're operating in. All right. Well, that sounds like something that exists. (laughs) (laughs) I believe believe it. Right. Tim Guinea is one of those faces, right? Like, I feel like I've seen him in a ton of stuff. And as it happens, when I go through his IMDb credits, he's been in all the stuff that I watch or have watched in some way, shape, or form, from Friday Night Lights to Damages to Stargate to Smallville to uh, NCIS 24. He was in uh, 24, uh, Day 7. Uh, he's just, he's he's been in everything. So it's no wonder he feels so, so familiar to me in this in this movie and back again in, in Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you're, you're obviously looking at his IMDb page, but I was going to do the IMDb game with him. Oh, with yeah, him. so yeah, so definitely I cheated because I'm aware, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not a face I recognize as well uh, as uh, some of the other people, but, he, you know, he's uh, certainly a face who's in stuff. Um, his IMDb top four are 99 Homes, that Andrew Garfield film about, I can't remember what he was doing, but I know Andrew Garfield was in it, Iron Man, Sweetland, and Iron Man 2. So two of the Iron Man films that he was in are both uh, in his top four. Nice. 99 Homes was great. That was, I really enjoyed that movie. That was the the foreclosure uh, real estate crash. Oh, okay. 
Gotcha. It was great. The other guys, Tim Griffin's IMDb, uh, you know, he's a, a guy who's in a lot of little um, bit parts and stuff, but he's in The Born Supremacy, Central Intelligence, Prime Suspect, and American Sniper. So he's got a military face. He looks very military. And and you can tell like he's got he's he's in so many of those procedurals, the NCIS type shows. He's all over those kinds of things. And he's the first one we cut to. Like when we cut yeah. to the base, he's the one that has the text right over him. Right. Right. His just scroll his credit. They all of his characters are agent, special agent, officer, commando, <laughs> officer, <laughs> lieutenant. Yeah. Joshua Hardo, his top four are Bridge of Spies, The Dark Knight, Iron Man, and The Lifeguard. And then we have Micah Hauptman. His top four are Everest, Homeland, Parker, and In Stereo, which I have not heard of. And last but not least, James Bathia. And his four are Nickelodeon Arcade, which he was a producer on in the 90s, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, he'll come back, and Slime Time Live. Clearly, he was uh, uh, working over at Nickelodeon for a while because those are that's a writer credit. Now, uh, I forgot the names, but a couple people back, you mentioned one guy was in Dark Knight. Yeah, I think that was uh, Micah Hauptman. Yeah, that was uh, I, I'm seeing the, the face flashes through the, the minute here. And I'm realizing that that's the, the Weasley guy that tried to out Bruce Wayne. His name is Reese, if that helps at all. I can't remember who it was, but yeah. He was the guy that tried to he, he discovered that there was, you know, all the money being spent in uh, R&D and that Bruce Wayne must be Batman and tried to blackmail him. But oh, that's right. right. He was being interviewed on yeah. TV and yeah. stuff like that. That's right. Well, it's interesting because that's the same year as this. Oh, yeah. Wow. This is a good year for him. I didn't have a lot of notes for this section because it seemed like such a, like, moving from one area to another. You know, there's just not a lot going yeah. on. But I, there's a, a coffee mug with a, a poem on it and... I tried for the life of me for way too long to try to figure out what poem that was <laughs> and what that actually said. But I can only see like, you know, if you turn the cup just right, I can only see like the beginning of each line and not the finish. So I couldn't I couldn't figure right. it out. So if somebody, some listener can figure out what that is, what poem that is, I would be delighted. It's funny because it looks like I can't tell. Is that like a rose at the top left of the cup? And yeah, it looks looks like he took it from his grandma's house or something. Yeah, right. Because there's it's it, there's stuff on the inside too, and that's yeah. you know that's a high end coffee mug to have printing on the inside and the outside. That's a that's a real tchotchke level coffee mug. <laughs> it seems like something that his his grandma probably sent to him. Like I have a hard time believing that that soldier just has yeah. that. Like he picked that one for himself. Also, he's not using a coaster. <laughs> it's like right between his keyboard and the monitor. Like that's not a good place. Right. To that's right. dangerous. The, the cord is is touching it. I would not. Have, that would not be acceptable. Military use. <laughs> it has that almost like that old English font, the way that it's written. It's kind of an interesting little yeah. coffee mug. Now I am very curious. Slow to something, quick <laughs> to something, but rich to something, quick to something, pl- pay you something something from wow, this you can something, read something. It a lot better than i Maybe can yeah, it's i feel part like... of a creed of a his military branch it's very yeah ah you're right very rosy creed a very rosy creed yeah very rosy creed i feel like i'm seeing the wrong half of it if we saw like the i feel like the end words would be more important and be easier to figure <laughs> yes out, but... <laughs> ah, the world may never know <laughs> never know how will we go on <laughs> The guys in the back, you know, Alan in the back, it feels like the equipment 
that he's using from, and I'm looking at the shot at like 40 seconds. So the equipment that he's using doesn't look like a computer. It looks like the back of like a Mackie mixer. You know, it's like this funny bit of equipment, but I'm, I'm sure that's not what it is, but just doesn't look right to me. <laughs> yeah, it does look like a soundboard, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, a, it's kind of funny. You know, what I want to talk about is how they're so urgent you know, they're trying to figure out what is going on. Everything's so urgent. And Rhodey just like moseys in. And he just seems so slow. Just Mosey, like. Rosie. What? Oh, wait, no. Yeah. Ro- yeah, Rhodey. Mosey, Rhodey. Oh, yeah. I got the Rosie. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, did I say it right? <laughs> Rosie. No, Rhodey just like, he just moseys in all slow, like, hey guys, what's up? What's going on? Some, something going on yeah. in here? <laughs> There's what's no up? urgency. No urgency no at all. all. Just like, uh, you called? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got a bogey, man. He Come should on. have been walking in. He, he should have been walking in with the rosy coffee cup because it go. just would have fit his. Uh, yes, his, that would have been better. Demeanor right now with a yawn. He uh, just needs to yeah. yawn. Sup, guys? What's going on? <laughs> you guys call? <laughs> I, was, I just get my head massage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Tabitha. In a, in a minute earlier, you were talking about uh, when, when he was flying over how. The you know the fact that nobody caught him on the radar or anything. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because this is where we actually see them catching him on the radar. But I don't think they're I don't know if they're just not paying attention to to him beforehand because they've monitored the situation. But clearly, all they're paying attention to is the fact that these insurgents. It, it's you know they're dealing with their own people. These guys haven't been given the green light to go in. But then they see the explosion go off. And that seems to be, for me, the trigger that makes them start paying attention to the stuff that's flying around. And now they see this this bogey that seems like it's acting funny. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I, I, the explosion is what triggers it for me. Yeah. That, that finding him is incidental. Yeah, that's a good point. So there wasn't an explosion. He would have just went home and yeah. just been that. Well, there was already an right. explosion. They would never have known. started with the Jericho missile. So maybe they well, that's what he's blowing. That's what they see, right? I mean, the the first when we actually see the Jericho missile actually fired before Iron Man even lands. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe that maybe they were starting to scan the area at that point then or something. I don't know. Yeah, right. That may might have triggered something like they started paying attention because we do see on the monitor at about 26 seconds in, we see the explosion and it even the monitor says explosion ground level. So obviously they're now really being aware of stuff but now they're seeing this bogey flying around so which isn't i'm obviously it doesn't have the heat signature for a missile or something and and on the bottom of his screen you can see it it's like scanning trying to find different things that could potentially be it's going through all these different different types of planes and jets that it could potentially be and i guess it's assuming it's not it's kind of an interesting little system that they have going on here Mm mm-hmm it makes me wonder if they tapped into the resources at Edwards as they were filming this to um, get some feedback from them saying, OK, how would you guys realistically do this? But it piques my curiosity for sure. Yeah, right. If only one of us was a radar technician. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think in that uh, where you're talking about on the screen where it's scanning through all the different types of aircraft, it just has like the little silhouette of, yeah. of all of them. I'd, uh, I'd love to see. If if they're including Incredible Hulk as technically part of the Marvel MCU canon, it'd be fun to just see like a silhouette of Hulk pop up on there real quick. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be. That would be really funny. Yeah. That'd be a great little Easter egg to have yeah. in there. Well, um, I don't have anything else for this minute. Uh, do you guys have any last little things? 
No, I don't think so. Do we dare talk about our our preference for roadie? I think we need to. Yeah, it's the end of your week. I, I want to. We want to hear. The listeners demand it. The people have spoken. We want to know what do you guys think? How did well first? How did you guys get into uh, to all of this? Uh, the Marvel universe. Were you guys comic book readers, or did you come into it through the movies? And then we want to hear some ranking happening. I I started uh, collecting comics in the very late '80s possibly even just the early 90s because it was that close to the the end of the 80s um collected those through my teens and then uh when i went to college that was kind of the end of that because it was kind of the end of uh money and uh but then i started getting back into comics a little bit um around i don't remember what time necessarily but it was uh that's why i kind of got uh, Tabitha involved in comics a little bit. Got her to read some during the uh, Ultimate Spider-Man and a little bit of Ultimate uh, X-Men, stuff like that. Um, and then these movies came out, and I think we were kind of, by that point, we were kind of primed and ready to go. Not that we knew everything about all the characters. Um, I was more Spider-Man and X-Men than I was Iron Man as far as comic reading goes, but I was well aware of him and and uh, all the other Captain Americas, all those guys. Yeah, I didn't grow up with... Um comic books uh superheroes more than uh like christopher reeves superman movies and um mm-hmm. i knew who wonder woman was like i I liked wonder woman but i didn't really get to watch much of any of that so i didn't grow up in that kind of world so it wasn't until a little bit into uh sam raimi spider-man that i started liking superhero movies and it just kind of all went went on from there so we were at the beginning of this and i just loved it each movie so it was fun a lot of good stuff yeah and have any of you guys been like religiously going to each of the each of the new movies when they come out oh yes uh at, at least once we see sometimes we see them in the theater <laughs> more than once so uh yeah we definitely we look forward to it and our kids are all now um between the ages of 15 and 19 and so you know they're into these so it's a whole family you know affair awesome to to go out and see them has being involved in movie by minute stuff has it changed the way you watch movies like in the theater or the frequency with which you see the movies the you know with these big movies when they first come out i would say Frequency in the theater has changed a little bit because we have more people to talk about that stuff with. I would say that there's some movies where I'd be okay with just seeing once in the theater. But then now that we seem to have so many more people to talk with movies about, then it'll be like, oh, I I kind of don't remember what happened in the, you know, between the fifth and 15th minute, you know, in my first watch. So right. I don't mind seeing it a second <laughs> time to kind of refresh all of that. Um but watching stuff at home has, I would say, drastically changed because I used to be such a completist. Like, if I'm going to start a movie, like, that's what I'm doing. And I'm going to finish the movie where now I'm just like, hey, I want to watch like, you know, from minute 20 to minute 30 of this one movie. So I can kind of refresh <laughs> And now I'm watching in piecemeal and I kind of hate it. But that's just what I do now. I don't know. You're incented to be a movies by minute incent uh, like uh, obsessive jerk about the whole thing. Yeah. Like nobody comes to your house for movie night anymore because it's minute sixteen, right. minute sixty four. <laughs> minute- <laughs> well, you guys won't believe what happens in minute seventy three. We're gonna watch that six times. <laughs> we're watching six different movies. Well, we're just watching parts of six different movies. <laughs> I've gone ahead and I've recut all of our movies for tonight. <laughs> I definitely look at things with more detail, you know. Now. Um, 
like, for example, not Marvel movie, but when um, Mission Impossible Fallout came out and that was right, uh, you know, later in the season of Minute Impossible doing the first Mission Impossible movie. And so they do this tech of the ep thing on their podcast where they're looking for different tech in those episodes and you pick out your favorite piece of tech. So when I went and saw Follow, you know, I'm looking, watching the movie for tech, like, oh, that's cool tech. That's cool tech, you know? So you just notice (laughs) more of those details and it's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Now that you've been kind of tracking with it, where do you guys stand? I, again, we're not asking everybody to rank all 20 of the Marvel films. Pretty soon, 21. There will be 21 by the time this episode's out. But where do you stand as far as, uh, like, top five? Top five. Uh, well, Captain America, the first Avenger, is definitely my favorite. And I think when that came out, it was definitely solidified me being in the Marvel movies, you know, from there on out. Like, I love that movie. I like that. I adore that. I feel like I need some sort of Foley sound of celebration when somebody comes (laughs) on the show and calls that movie as their favorite. But I love that so much. (laughs) I want horns and confetti. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. I love that time, that era. It's, it's, yeah, I love it. And I liked the Agent Carter spinoff that they did from that. Um, I really totally. liked that show. I was sad. We Our whole family was sad when that ended. That was fun. Um, after that, oh, I like so many of them, but I kind of start falling into which ones made me laugh a lot because I like humor. So Thor Ragnarok, I think, uh, comes in number two for me, probably followed by the both Ant-Man movies and Guardians of the Galaxy. So, but Ages of Shield, um, we followed that all the way through, and that ranks really high for me. I know it's not in the movie universe, but I really like Ages of Shield as well. That's what I need to get into that and get moving so I can see more of those. I haven't finished the first season. I got to crank. Oh, it's uh, good. It's good, especially there, as you get uh, further in. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's seasons that some are better than others. Uh, <laughs> That's I what I hear. <laughs> yeah. the The latest season, at this point, anyway, uh, when they went when they had a whole space thing going on. Uh, we really enjoyed that one just because it was so, so different and they could do their own thing. And when that show yeah. first started, obviously it's linked with the MCU, but it was like, it felt like nobody really knew how much they were going to allow it to be linked to the MCU or how much crossover they were going to have. So it's, it almost seemed like once they decided, you know, like, well, this is just going to be its own TV show. And, you know, they still can't have anything can- canonically that will be disruptive, but you know, once they decided, like, well, we're just going to do our own thing, then that got more fun, I thought. Huh. Well, yeah, I, I, totally. I'm looking forward to seeing how it all unfolds. And uh, I, I I do regret that the uh, the Netflix shows never got to tie in very well, but um, yeah. but I still enjoy those quite a bit. Yeah, those were, those were good, I, too. There's something about them that they, you know, I really like just the hint, the hint of tie-in that, that exists in the universe. We acknowledge the universe does exist where all of this is happening but yeah. but they don't they aren't beholden to it and i think that was a challenge that shield had to overcome uh early which was you know to to acknowledge that this is a universe where we uh, we are a, a bit subservient to major plot elements elsewhere in the world but we can we can in fact do our own thing i think that's a that's yeah. that was really important to outgrow sure yeah. well jonathan what about your uh ranking uh, I think I'm with Tabitha certainly on the Captain America First Avenger. I, I we like the that time period, the the throwback. 
Um, Joe Johnston as the director, I thought was the perfect choice. He does that era very well. He also directed Rocketeer, which I love that. And, you know, it's all the same right. era. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a really hard time ranking movies, but I do like Thor Ragnarok. I do. I do like comedy. I do like to laugh. But I do, you know, a lot of people point to Winter Soldier. Um, I do like that. I do wish. I, it's not really a corrective wish. I'm not saying I think Marvel has misstepped anywhere. Um, but I would love to see just more diversity in in their movies, in their movie types, I guess I should say. Um, you know, Winter Soldier, I thought was a good, like, political thriller, I guess you could say. Um, and Thor Ragnarok was a kind of a crazy action comedy. Um, it'd be, I don't know, it'd be fun to, it'd be fun to see a Marvel movie that's just like a throwback noir movie somehow. I don't even know how, but, you know, just, just see some, some different, some different aspects. So it doesn't all feel, uh, I know that, that's like a double-edged thing too, because, uh, That's the good thing about the MCU is it all feels like it's part of the same universe, but I'd love to see it the same universe, but feel differently. So it doesn't feel like I'm watching the same movie every time. I'm not saying it doesn't feel like I'm sure. They they had this great opportunity and I think they did really well with Guardians of the Galaxy because it was Mm -hmm. it was different enough uh, that it, you know, it did feel sort of tonally out of, you know, off center for the Marvel, but not off center enough that it was jarring. I think that, you know, it's it's harder to do when you start talking about major genre shifts. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, they they certainly did with Guardians of the Galaxy. They really introduced like like space is this colorful craziness, you know. And so mm-hmm. they when Thor Ragnarok came around, they kind of carried that into there, which the the first two Thor movies yeah. didn't really have that. Yeah. So not quite were, so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not quite so much. But, you know, I mean, that's uh, also you look at Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse It's sort of that's that's the kind of thing I'm most excited about. Like, I want to see movies that take advantage of these this other spider-verse thing where we see we get to mm-hmm. see them really play with dramatic shifts in in tone but using you know animation the tools of animation i think they, they've got a lot of opportunity there i don't i don't my sense is i don't think they're going to take the kind of risks that would be really exciting in the mcu sure. um you know to really play that hardcore and that's that's a little bit disappointing mm-hmm. these days but I, I do love their their uh their commitment and their uh, yeah i don't i the word meta is used so much, I just stopped using it, tried to anyway. But um, at this point, uh, Captain Marvel hasn't come out. But have you guys been to the Captain Marvel website? Oh, it's so great. <laughs> it's it so is, great. It's so, so great. 90s and it's awesome. It, yeah, they did a great job of, of creating that uh, that vibe. And uh, it's exactly what uh, I, I don't go to movie websites very often, but I, I think in this case, it's exactly what they should have done just to give you a hint of that world without necessarily having to feel like they're spoiling you with tons of stuff. I just love it. And that's a neat thing. I was I was that's what I was going to say, too, was um, Captain Marvel. That'll be interesting. They're kicking it back. Um you know, to the nineties. That, that sounds like a nineties. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Kicking it back, <laughs> yeah, old, right. old school to the nineties, and uh, so you know that'll be fun. That'll kind of shake it up a little bit. I'm just excited that Coulson will be back. So, yes, that's, that's it'll like all be fun. I, I can't wait to see what they're going to do with it's all. Be of good. That. Well, you guys, thanks so much for joining us this week. It was so great chatting uh, Iron Man. Uh, these great minutes with you guys on the show this week. Thank you for having us on. This was a lot of fun. I love talking about these movies. Where would you like to uh, tell people today where to find you guys out there on the internet? And if this doesn't include the uh, Twinkie Weenie thing, then I'm I'm hanging up. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, if you, uh, whichever podcast player you have on your phone, whether you've used it before or not, search UHF 62nd and you will find, well, it's UHF 62ND and you'll find our podcast. We do have some episodes up right now. Um, hopefully we'll get some more soon. And uh, one thing you will find is a podcast that I would like to call The Movie Made Me Chew It. Uh, my co-host on that show would like to call it Movies I Masticate To. Um, but we'll, <laughs> we'll let him deal with that one. And uh, yeah, so we talk about movies or food in movies that inspires us to eat that food while we watch the movie or whatever. We just, whatever it is. Um, so, but the we do have one episode out right now. That's all about the Twinkie Wiener Sandwich, which if you know <sighs> UHF, that features uh, uh, pretty early on in the movie and uh, is, is pretty, pretty classic. Um, I'm not sure how many people eat it, but everybody knows about it. Oh, it's just the picture is so big on your website. It's so <laughs> big. Hearing you say it makes me uh, feel sick. It's, <laughs> it's the easy cheese. Oh, God. That's the whole thing. <laughs> I can do. I mean, I can imagine doing a lot of things with Twinkies, but I'm not sure that this is this would have been on the list. (laughs) Well, hopefully, it's a it's a fun list, and we yes, we we do eat it on the show, so you get to hear our immediate thoughts. Um, But we also kind of play around with some of the history of all the different ingredients. So, so if if you're curious about where all that stuff came from. We've got a little bit of info on there, too. It's a must listen. Yeah. Yeah. I was really surprised he did it because he does not like hot dogs either. So (laughs) surprised he did it. (laughs) Yeah. Good. And uh, if you want to find me, you can find me um, on Twitter at Tabitha T. Rex. And also uh, another this week, I've been talking about podcasts that I've guested on because I don't have my own podcast. I just like to guest. So uh, recently here um, in 2018, Jonathan and I guested on Mad Max Minute, and they were talking about Beyond Thunderdome. So you can find us on there, and they're preparing for their next season with Fury Road. So uh, if you like the Mad Max movies, check them out, and uh, you can hear us on Beyond Thunderdome. And you could go to moviesbyminutes.com and uh, look at all the movies, all the podcasts that they're doing there um, minute by minute, and you will probably find a movie that you love and give it a try. One would hope. One would hope. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, everybody. Well, that is it for today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at patreon.com slash the next reel. Until next time, true believers. Bye.